continues to bear testimony that the message of Christ is livable. The tendency to give an assertion that the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live is not possible, that he's making an, an impossible demand from us is always there. Sometimes they are spoken, sometimes they are hidden in our hearts. And it has led to some even making choices of the kind of Christian life they want to live. And so when the full gospel is presented, they make their choices. No, this one is not for me. God knows it. And so they give excuse not to yield themselves to the demand of the gospel in that area of their life. Why some blatantly say no, that this demand of Christ, the demand of the Christian life, is not attainable? On account of that, they completely reject the gospel. Okay. You find this kind of fault not only among the, uh, the unbelievers, but even among Christians. And that's why some Christians, you see them, they emphasize one aspect of the gospel to the detriment of another aspect of the gospel. Some will tell you, I don't believe in, in this uh, prayer thing. <laughs> some will tell you, I don't believe in this faith, faith thing. Some will tell you, you see, the church is in the mind. God knows that I'm very sincere. Some will tell you, you see, this type of uh, Christianity that Christ brought, I think in our own time, is no longer attainable. The world has changed. We need to modify the gospel. We need to modify this message. It's too strict. But the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit anchoring the church and giving life to the church, is constantly at work. Is working invisibly in the hearts of men and bringing to reality the full message of the gospel. Men and women are radically giving their lives to God, and God is investing in them His grace, and they are living the life. In the face of your arguments, in the face of all that we are putting up with, God is raising people, and they are responding. And the same Holy Spirit has inspired the church to be able to spread out these men and women over the, over the, uh, the days of the years. And we celebrate them. Mean it is livable. Your arguments hold no water. So today, we celebrate St. James and St. Philip. They heard the same gospel you are hearing. They received the same Holy Communion you receive. They too were baptized with the same grace. In their own time too, they, all the, the uh, oppositions we experienced today, they also experienced it. And still they made they made huge steps towards responding to the demand of grace. And they lived it to the point where today the entire world, the entire Catholic world, 1.6 billion people are celebrating them. Not just the church on earth, but even the militant, the, the triumphant church in heaven is celebrating them. It's a feast day. In heaven, heaven drops the cast for them today. So thank you for what you did. What did they do? What did they achieve? How did they respond to grace? Okay, how? Philip was one of the outstanding disciples who, who yielded to the demand of grace. As tradition has it, 
he was the one that brought, um, he's from Bethsaida in Galilee. He's the one who brought Nathaniel, the one they called Bartholomew. He heard the gospel and he felt that he cannot just keep it to himself. And he went and shared with his brother, Nathaniel. He said, come and see. And Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And when Nathaniel came to Christ, he just said, behold, an Israelite who has no guile in his spirit. And Nathaniel said, what? How do you know me? He said, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. The guy was finished. Are you a spirit? He said, your mama, because I have told you this, but suppose you see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus, the way he speaks sometimes, if you don't understand, you think he's talking from the air. These are our spiritual realities. And then from there, he responded. Can you see? Philip received the gospel. He didn't keep it to himself. He didn't keep it to himself. On account of what he received, he went and called Philip. I mean, he went and called Nathaniel. He brought Nathaniel to Christ. He brought Nathaniel to Christ. He saved his soul. And Nathaniel became one of the apostles who ministered the gospel radically. If he had just kept quiet and said, no, you see, this is my faith. You just pray for me. No, no. I don't want to disturb anyone. I don't want any embarrassment. <laughs> I don't want anybody to embarrass me in this office. So let me just keep quiet. I do my own. They do their own. You know? That's the kind of argument some people put up with. <laughs> I have tried it before. The embarrassment I received, no. Let me just face my friend. God understands that I'm sincere. Philip did not do that. That's how Andrew also brought Peter. Peter, come and see. And Peter came. And Peter became what? The head of the apostles. Supposing Andrew just sat down and said, no, I have received mine. I make my effort. Heaven is my target. He will have, you know, contacted Peter. Today you have received this gospel. To what extent have you, you know, you know, pushed this gospel to the heart of another person? Can you boast in your heart and say, I remember who brought this person to Christ? I've said before, the litmus test to show that you have been saved and you have received grace is that you bring another person. Very important. St. James is considered the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ. He became the, the, the bishop of Jerusalem for a very long time. And he suffered terribly on account of witnessing the authentic gospel of Christ. They say they took him to the high, the, 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 the long tower in the, in, the, in the temple where he was, in the church where he was. And they threw him from there. He fell. See, he didn't die. They started stoning him until he died. Can you imagine the kind of cruelty these people bear? To stand by the truth. To stand by the truth. They, they also wanted to enjoy life. I'm sure they had investments. I'm sure he had family. I know he has friends. He had plans like you and I. But look at how they faced. They suffered. They gave up everything. To testify that what Jesus, the demand he's making of us, is realistic. The devil always lied us in unrealistic. How can someone be a virgin? It's not realistic. How can someone be in this world and not commit sin? It's not realistic. No, be reasonable. We live in a world that we, uh, uh, God understands. So, as humans, 
We are human beings that blood and water is flowing through us, even milk. And we allow the devil to rationalize and put these things in our minds and water down our dedication and our, our consecration towards the Lord. They bear testimony today. They keep challenging us. They are telling you, hey, brother, sister, we made it. It was possible. We trusted the Holy Spirit. Look at how thus far you are taking us. You too, make some effort. Take some bold step. Take some bold step. Don't allow this wicked and evil generation to confuse you and convince you to live a life that will never add anything to God's own purpose and plans. And so we are being challenged. God would like it or not. This time we celebrate them and celebrate their feasts or the memorial. They are actually their lives keeps standing as a judgment for us. So tell us, hey guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? Heaven and earth will pass away. Everything we are pursuing here will pass away. What will last is what we have never achieved in God. As I read their story yesterday, I questioned myself a lot. I asked myself a lot of DB questions that are still worrying me now. How can we come before God and say, God, have mercy? When these people did not ask God for mercy, they yielded themselves. They died. That's what we're wearing red. They shed their blood. They abandoned their plans and purposes. They had families too. All the things that the enemy uses to confuse us today, they had all those things, but they looked beyond them. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith. You see, he's the author and the finisher. We need to look unto him. Children, we need to look up to him. Youths, we need to understand that life without Christ is baseless. That's why I say, I'm the way. The way you're looking for, I'm that way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He made it categorical. He's, on, he's not questionable. You cannot doubt it. He asserted his position as the son of the living God. He said, I am the way. I have the key to your destiny. Have you forgotten John 17? He says, all, the Father has given authority over all flesh. He has authority over every soul. Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindus, anybody on earth. Jesus has authority over that soul. And the devil too is contesting this great office of Jesus. Where they will tell you, you can serve God from your own and enter heaven. The church at the point was preaching, say, outside Catholic church, there is no salvation. Because of this grace, grace of this statement of Jesus. But over time now, they are gotten what they call interreligious dialogue. When they will tell you, you don't need to change, just continue where you are. Even if you are coming from the back door, no problem. God will speak. And gradually it has watered down the grace of the gospel to the point where we don't even preach again. They say, don't preach to convert. Just encourage them to be good in their religion. You continue in your own good religion. And that has killed evangelism in the Catholic Church. And so we need to pray more and go to the heart of the Holy Spirit to get the revelation of what is the agenda and the plan of God. So we can key in and not allow some people who feel that their personal, you know, uh, academic existences is what should determine how the church should move. And these are ways that we attacking the church to make sure it brings it down. And we shall not become victims of this you know, uh, nonsense. 
we shall become what? Victims of the demand of the Holy Spirit. So we pray at this Mass that St. James and St. Philip, wherever you are, as we're celebrating you guys, please intercede for us to stand out with boldness and testify of the same grace and peace and love of God that you have received in our own generation and turn down the button to the next generation with faith and fire of the Holy Spirit. So Christ our Lord. Amen. Where's James?